0: Brian, I'm Rodrigo. I'm Steven and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture
1: and comic fans. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews and of course spoilers, and we will go into detail about the topics we discuss. So if you haven't read, listened or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. And in this episode,
2: toys. Yay! Jenna Jameson. <laughs> uh well, her Shadow Hunter book, The Escapists. And we ask the question, who would win in a fight, Spider-Man or Batman? And I want to thank everyone for coming back for not yet another
0: week of Major Spoilers Fun. Uh, I'm really pleased we kind of released last week's episode kind of under the radar, and we had a lot of people surprisingly find the episode and listen to it. In fact,
2: we've had a couple of uh, great reviews. That's right. We had a some comments on iTunes,
0: That's right? Yep. Two, two five-star reviews up on iTunes.
2: And this is what they had to say. These guys have it all down. A professional format, great topics, and opinions that aren't just lip service. The three-person format works great, and the diverse speakers make sure that everyone from the neophyte to the seasoned veteran will enjoy it. Did I say that right? Yes, yeah, uh, five, seasoned right. is the correct Seasoned, uh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I highly recommend this podcast for anyone who wants a real opinion about comics, not just the same old company line you get from some podcasts. Thanks, Mom.
0: <laughs> yes and then of course Stacy B he's always there with a the comment we always enjoy comments from Stacy uh, over at the Major Spoilers Forum he said there are a few surprises here and there and some great commentary the production value is pretty high especially compared to some of the others out there I think there's a good balance regarding the makeup of the three hosts of the panel and I enjoyed listening to it it did ramble a little towards the end during the Batman actor discussion eh, yeah. maybe we don't like Stacy that much <laughs> uh, but the rest is paced very nicely great job Ookla the Mock was an excellent choice for the uh, bumper theme music I listened to it with my wife in the car and her only complaint was that now she can't get the Teen Titans Go theme out of her head.
2: Yeah but it's a good theme Yep, And
0: if anybody, if you have some comments, uh, suggestions for the show, or just some general feedback, feel free to head over to the Major Spoilers Forum, and you're going to find a link to that at Majorspoilers.com. Why don't we go ahead and get into some of the uh, top stories of the week, and the biggest thing is the uh, Toy Fair that's going on in New York City. It's going on the 17th through the 20th, so depending on when you listen to the show, it will just about be getting over or will be completely finished. And i got to tell you guys... I like toys a lot. Especially now with a new kid in the house, I have a reason to go out and buy all <laughs> yeah. the toys. I keep
1: telling my wife, "No, no, these are for the son." Uh but what did you guys see that really stood out out for you, Rodrigo? Um well, I, what I thought was interesting, I saw some of the new Hulk stuff that's coming out. Oh yeah. And it, it's interesting that they're kind of going sort of all ages with mm-hmm. the with the Hulk stuff. There's like a cute little Hulk. Yeah, yeah, the Rock'em uh, Sockem Hulk yeah, or whatever. The Rock'em Sockem and um, the Hulk hands, which I thought was a little... Ooh, I love Hulk hands. Yeah, but the... It's like when they originally launched them, I think, for the first... Right, right, for the first for movie. For the Eric Bana Hulk movie. Yeah, yeah. Is he going to be in the next one? No. Okay. So we'll refer to that as the Eric Bana <laughs> Hulk yeah. movie. The, the Hulk uh, movie that shall not be named.
2: Right. And yeah, it was good. It was
1: good. Um, Brian liked it. But um, the Hulk hands were just kind of very straightforward. This... These new Hulk hands that they're launching are, like, shaded. They're yeah, already yeah. shaded. Yeah. Like They're, like, hyper-realistic, and I think they look a little weird. Not that I think a kid who's, like, bopping his sister in the head with them <laughs> is going to care. But that's just something that caught my eye. And not that it's necessarily comics-related, but I thought the figure of the Cloverfield monster was cool. Yeah, But that's just because I think the Cloverfield monster is
0: cool. Well, what I liked about that Cloverfield monster was that in the movie, you hardly ever get really a good look at mm-hmm. the monster. Yet here... You get to see it from all the different angles, and yeah. uh, it kind of in itself is a spoiler if you oh yeah, if you kind of want to leave it up to your imagination of what that monster yeah, is.
1: Yeah, so avoid that, and we've already spoiled for you if you haven't seen it that there's a monster in Cloverfield. Oh, there really? No, oh, sorry, Brian, Man. for
0: those of you that don't get to go to the movies much. Yeah. Uh, did you see anything that stood out? My favorite was the ones that you're looking at on the website right now, the, uh, <laughs> the New God uh, action figures from uh, DC Direct. Oh, I just I just hope that all of these figures that they create are in the same scale as um the JLU? Yes, well, not they won't be that. They're a little bit bigger than that. I think these are like five or six-inch figures. Uh, they're really well-articulated. they got multiple points of articulation. Uh, in this first wave of New Gods, they've got Lightwave, Mr. Miracle, of course, Darkseid, who's one of my favorites, and uh, Orion, uh, which will make pretty good uh, companions with the uh, DC, what is it called, Early Edition, First Edition, I forget what that that other collection is, uh, that work out pretty well, too. So I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, there's a lot of Indiana Jones stuff that, that they showed at the uh, It seems like every company has some kind of Indiana Jones tie-in. But my favorite is still going to have to be, beyond the uh, DC New Gods line, are the Mini-Mates and the Legos. For some reason, I've been a Lego fan for years. And the fact that we're getting playsets based on Indiana Jones, uh, new Batman stuff, including the Harley Quinn figure. Speed Uh, Racer. Yes, Speed Racer is another one coming out. I saw those playsets today. Uh, They look awesome.
2: Now, really, do these sell really well, though? I'm just wondering.
0: Well, it depends on where you're at. I think they sell really well. I like the Mini Mate figures uh better than the the Lego minifigs. Um, especially the Batman figure because if you take off the head, the way that the plastic, how thick it is on the Lego figures, in order to get the white eyes, they actually had to paint on the on the right above the regular eyes of the figure, they had to paint this big white stripe so that when <laughs> yeah. the it goes on it, it makes the uh the eyes white. That's the only thing I don't like about it and the cape is a little awkward. But certainly what mini mates do is uh man, they've got on the Marvel side, at least 20 different uh, series, 20 yeah. different waves, and they're up to wave eight or nine now on the DC figures. Not to discount the um, Battlestar Galactica, the Deep Space Nine, the myriad of Star Trek uh, mini-mates that are coming out. There's a lot of stuff.
1: Although I do think that largely the mini mates stuff is um, it's, it's meant to be collectible. Mm Rather than the Lego stuff, which I think is a little bit because the Minimates they're easy to take apart. Yes, very easy to take apart. Um, You know, if you have kids, get them Lego Batman. If you want Minimates for yourself, get (laughs) yourself. You know,
0: the one thing that I wish Art Asylum would do was several years ago, before they started doing the DC characters, they had a line called the CS, the C3 line. And that, they actually had play sets. They actually had a um, a bat cave, a plane, a bunch of vehicles, and sets that you could actually play with. And that was made by the same company. It's the same mini mates, essentially. Oh, that's cool. But I wish they would do that more so we had sets to play with. And I've never really tried them with the Legos to see if they were exactly mm-hmm. compatible, but that's where, where we're at. Um, Brian, what about you? Anything pop out and stand out to you?
2: Well, I'm just kind of looking around it right now, and it's got an Indiana Jones, and this is obviously a Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know if this is... A new item? Yeah, th- that's a new item. That, a new uh, item? That's a,
0: in fact, I don't know if it's Lucas who's looking for more money or, or what the deal is, but they've got certainly every Raiders of the Lost Ark thing that's coming out. Uh, they're trying to, to capitalize on that. And, of course, what you're looking at is I think the Sideshow Collectibles um, 12-inch figure. Cloth yeah. figure. Yep. It looks stunning, yeah, except really the good. eyes look a little creepy. If you look close at the eyes, they look like he's staring at you, like <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Well,
2: and it's actually a really good likeness of Harrison Ford. Although at, at this point, it's starting to look like Shia LaBeouf a little. Bit, no, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. are they going to actually no LaBeouf? Uh, LaBeouf? Are they going to do a series with him? Do you think? Because I mean, I
0: hope not.
2: Because wasn't I mean before River Phoenix passed away. Um, yeah. Were they setting him up to be I don't think a so. young Indiana Jones?
0: I don't think so. I don't. I think that was just for the flashback okay. because, you know, you had the TV series that actually had yeah. two versions of the young Indiana <laughs> Jones. Um, so cool. Anything else that strikes your fancy there on toys this week, Brian?
2: No, not really. I didn't get a chance to look at a lot of stuff there. So,
0: But you did have a favorite. Uh, for those of you who haven't been over to the website, uh, day of launch I had this story percolating for – Oh, probably a month when I first came across it. Um, It's these Justice League figures. One of the great things, if you can't find the figure that you want, there's probably someone out there who's going to be able to mod the figure for you. And uh, this guy over at the, uh, what's his, Silof's Workshop. Uh, His name's Silof, and he went through and created some very cool Gotham by Gaslight-based Justice League figures.
2: Yeah, and this is not something I was really familiar with going into it, but I was over at the website looking at stuff. And I just um, – we've talked about this before. I like reimagining of old designs, and I just think this stuff is really cool. I uh, went over and got the screensaver. Yep, uh, the, the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. wallpaper for it. it. It's just a really neat idea. Um, if you look at it, if you go over to the website at, maj- at Majorspoilers.com, if you go to the archives, 2727htm.htm mm-hmm. is where you're going to find the article. And it does have a link to their website. And what's interesting, too, is that he's got a breakdown of why he did what he did to each of the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool, too. Mm -hmm. He's got a really neat idea with the Flash. Uh, He talks about the fact that he wanted him to have kind of a pilot motif. And he's got goggles. He's got a great leather-looking outfit Mm -hmm. with, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the flap that comes across. Right, right. Everything looks, you know, stitched. It's got a really good look. I would be interested in seeing something like this. Um, I'd buy the whole set. Yeah, this is just really cool. The Superman is a great reimagining of the idea. Um, it just, it's a really nice thing and he fabricated all this stuff, right? Most
0: of it I mean, if okay. you look, there's a, you know, some of these are actually based on other figures obviously the Gotham by Gaslight Batman figure's already been out. He did some slight modifications to that. Other stuff are other figures that he's molded. I don't think that he's actually went in and, and actually molded a whole new character from the ground up, although some of it is actually pretty cool. I think my favorite of the uh, series, that of course is the whole Justice League, is Green Lantern with the, the mutton chops on the side and that green ring and the glasses, I think uh, looks really cool. Um, But I'm partial to the Flash with his cool boots because, you know, if you run fast, you're going to want something that's going to wear very heavily. So he's got these minor boot things on. And then you got to love Aquaman because here's yeah. a guy that's from underwater, and in order to be up on land, it's kind of like SpongeBob SquarePants where he's got to wear a suit that's filled with water so he can breathe.
2: Well, and he's got, like, green hair, at least in the picture it looks yeah, yeah. like it's all green yeah. and wild and mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, the wings on Hot Girl, uh, mechanical wings. Yeah. Uh, that took a lot of work, but it's all of it is really cool. Uh, one of the elements I like, uh, for some reason I like goggles. I think goggles would make a great mask if it was in the real world. They would serve a good purpose. And three of the characters, hot Girl, Flash, and Green Lantern, are sporting goggles. Yep. So I think that's really cool.
0: Yep. Any thoughts there, Rodrigo? Nod your head? Yes?
1: No? Yeah. Maybe. I'm, for, for those of you who can't see us, I'm, I'm nodding my head. No, I like them. I like all of them a lot. I think you know Wonder Woman is a great take. She looks like a dominatrix a little. I, I guess so, but that's kind of that's what it looked like back then, you know, mm-hmm. high cleavage um Anyways, and no ankles cuz ankles yeah. are dirty. Um <laughs> and um I really like the there's you know that whole steampunk genre yeah. which I think was very well uh captured really between Hawkgirl and Aquaman, I think.
0: Yeah, I I love that whole series too. And again, listeners, you can go up there, you can head over to the Siloff's Workshop from the link on the Major Spoilers page. He actually built a wallpaper for people to download because I had sent him an email asking, hey, do you got a wallpaper of this? And uh, he sent one out and and said, please come over to the website, anyone can download. So we've got that out of the way. Now, before we get too far into the show, why don't we go ahead and jump down to our first review this week. This week we are... It's coming out just this week, so depending on uh, again when you're listening, uh, we're going to take a look at Jenna Jameson's Shadow Hunter from Virgin Comics, and here's how um, how Virgin Comics describes the issue from the mind of Jenna New York T- Jenna Jameson, the New York Times bestselling author and icon eccentric tainer. Is that what its icona is? <laughs> porn star, and written by Christina Z of Witchblade fame, comes a dark tale of one woman's struggle from forces beyond ordinary perception. A young orphan, beautiful woman attempts to make a life for herself in the big city as she grapples with mundane problems like making rent and a creepy manager at work. Something deeper brews, a nagging suspicion that her life is not her own, seeking answers, not to mention extra cash, she rolls in a past-life regression experiment which seems to ignite visions of a demonic past that no one can explain. Now again, I did say that this uh came out or comes out this week, January or February twentieth, uh is when it hits the stores. We got an advanced preview from Virgin and you know, unlike other podcasts, not everything that we're gonna be talking about are are great comics or high on our list of, of super good things. So why don't we who should we start off with first? Rodrigo, we haven't heard from you a lot this evening.
1: All right. Well I was I was genuinely scared when I was reading this book. Why? Well, um, I rolled my eyes so hard <laughs> that they got I think they got stuck on the back of my head. So I had to go to the emerald now. Well, it just, you know, the it, I, I have... Okay, the art was good. The art was good. Yeah, I'm the art is really there. good. There was nothing else that was good about it. It was poorly paced. It was poorly written. The dialogue was awful. Um, you know, it wasn't... It wasn't even sexy, you know, because you do, it, you know, they, right. they they emphasize the fact in the press releases that it's not going to be porn. Right. But it's not even, you know, just even remotely attractive. Um, although, again, the art was cool. Um, I don't know. I just, I... If we hadn't been reviewing it, I probably would not have read it all the way through. Right. I think I would
0: have picked it up on on the newsstand simply because of the cover, which does feature a likeness of Jenna Jameson uh, done by Greg Horn, who I think does a really good job of capturing uh, people's likenesses, and if you guys have seen the latest uh, Witchblade cover that he's going to be doing, looks really great. Now, on the mm-hmm. other hand, what's surprising about this series as far as art goes, Greg Land, who everyone knows as, as copying images directly from porn movies into the comics, right. uh, is not somebody that actually worked on this title. Instead, the artist is uh, Mukesh Singh, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly. I thought the art was very good. I think that's the one saving thing from this issue. Like I said, I probably would have bought it on the newsstand just for the stunning cover alone. Uh, which looks really good. But you're right. I would agree with you totally that there is some bad pacing uh, in this issue. Let's take, for example, on uh, page 19, uh, the doctor is conducting a test. She's going in to... um, To find out why she's seeing things. Even from a young age, she's been seeing all these things. That They first start out as little child drawings, and then as uh, she gets older, they start to look like little cherubs. And then as she goes in for these experiments, uh, they turn into these demon-looking things, and she starts seeing things and questions her sanity. So she goes back to the doctor again. And here's – Here's how uh, it kind of works out. Uh, page nineteen. The doctor is conducting a test. In panel two, he's commenting how the supernatural readings oh, match subject... Yeah. The, oh, the the is it a is she? Actually, a woman,
1: which is oh, weird. Oops. I didn't catch that until yeah. uh, actually until that page when I noticed she was wearing earrings. Oh well. And then see, later there on, you they go. referred to him as a she. So maybe the art is right. not as good <laughs> as we were right saying. Well, anyway, the doctor's
0: cont- and she states that the that the supernatural reading she's getting off of what's this girl's name? Jesery Jazersize. I,
1: yeah. I, uh,
0: It was a little hard to pronounce.
1: It sounds like a porn star name, honestly.
0: Okay, so these readings match the uh, subjects of Area 51, the Omegas, and archives from the Great Tomb of Lilith. I'll be contacting the high order following the test. And then in the very next panel... All of a sudden, all hell starts to break loose. And instead of kind of leading us up to building, like seeing cracks in reality or whatever going on, suddenly the doctor starts uh, screaming out and pressing the, the button saying, the patient is undergoing the grand mall soul split. Everyone evacuate. <laughs> That's a one-panel transition. Yeah. And the yeah. whole issue felt rushed like
2: that. No, that that I've got that written in my notes as one of the funniest lines <laughs> I've ever heard. The pa- I've got it written out. Emergency evacuation... Exclamation point. (laughs) Patient undergoing Grand Mall soul split. I'm like, is this a band that I used someplace? (laughs) It Uh it
0: must be. But, you know, I also thought that there were some – actually some good lines in this piece. So essentially what's happening is that um, Jazzercise has gone to New York. (laughs) She's kind of a wannabe tattoo artist um her boyfriend is just using her apparently uh there's some hints that uh that she's bisexual uh she's of got course. some daddy issues yeah. and she sees all these imaginary creatures and so you know uh her landlord is nice enough to point out that hey your your boyfriend's cheating on you she has no money her phone doesn't work that's when she goes in to do the um uh, to do the uh experiments um uh, then this, the wall breaks down between the barriers, and these shadow demons start coming out from everywhere, which I thought looked kind of cool, if not a little gross. Oh, yeah. Th- th- that was cool. Uh, and then there's some handsome stranger that comes to fight at her side out oh. of nowhere. Again, yeah. this character pops out of nowhere. They start fighting with one another. And she has when she starts to do this change from her normal Jazzer size appearance, she gets this dark hair, and this shadow sword comes out of her arm. To me, it just seems like a really bad ripoff of Witchblade, which is unfortunate for Christina Z, who created Witchblade. But uh, yeah. check out this great line: she's slashing away at all these uh, demons. Uh, this is before the wall came down, and everyone can see, mm-hmm. and uh, she's which, covered again, in
1: wasn't really touched on. Yeah, it was just bam.
0: Yeah, and she's covered in blood, lying on the on the side of the building, and she's got this uh, this great line that says, Considering the state I was in, I figured the best thing to do was go home. Even your average New Yorker will notice a woman covered in blood, eventually. Yeah. Um but I don't know. I, I think fans of Jenna Jameson are going to be disappointed. Um her likeness doesn't appear in the issue. She's not the the Jezery, uh character. Uh she only only on the covers. Uh obviously as you pointed out, Rodrigo no nudity, no sex in the issue. Um although with the hint of bisexuality, I think there might be some Love interest stuff that comes up later on where this handsome stranger that's fighting along her side and probably some female companion at some point. There could be an interesting love triangle from that. Um, The writing is there. It's just it feels rushed. The pacing is bad.
2: Yeah. Oh. Okay, my notes on this. The first thought that this is porn for teenage boys, basically. Well, that's Who's what gonna, Witchblade is. Well, and and the thing is, we were talking about this. Is this a, uh, this is a first issue. Is right. Virgin a relatively new comic yeah, it's book a, company? Yeah, it's a
0: new comic book company. They launched, what, t- I want to say two years ago. At first, they really wanted to look at uh, taking tales from India and some of the myths from India and telling them in stories uh, of ways that maybe modern audiences could understand. So that's where we get Devi. Uh, I know Nick Cage and his son have created a title for Virgin Comics, and they're really on board. Now, I have read some of Virgin's other titles. Uh, One of their biggest ones is written by Garth Ennis. It's the uh, reintroduction of Dan Dare, uh, which is a popular English uh, sci-fi character, almost our equivalent of Buck Rogers. And I read the first issue a couple of weeks ago, and it's actually really, really good. And so I appreciate what Virgin's trying to do, but this seems like a really... Had attempt at, at recreating Witchblade.
2: Well, what I think is going on here, uh, Virgin's a new company. We put something on the shelf. We put something with Jenna Jameson's name on it right. on the shelf. You're going to get people taking it down, and if only they go through the ads while they're reading this book, which is not very well done, we have made a marketing splash. Right. We want people to look at this. Because, man, reading this thing, I, I didn't know... You know, I felt bad getting into it. I'm like, am I supposed to be liking this or not? Yeah. I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know if this was any some kind of a joke, frankly, because it it just wasn't very good. It's it's trying to be really smart, right? And it's falling really short. It's using a lot of big words, a lot of complicated concepts, and none of it makes sense um my my feeling is the narration and the di- dialogue really seem out of place at times yes um there's a there's a panel on page eight and I don't know if I can get to it but the the character is something's happening to her and then she looks and sees herself and and she oh in thinks, the sword reflection yeah, of the sword yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then she picks up the sword again and goes I guess not or something like that and it really seemed that the panels were kind of out of order in how she would come to that realization I just and, and some of, like I said, some of her dialogue doesn't make uh, sense at where it, where it comes. It seems to really be trying to convey something, but it doesn't make sense.
0: Well, and we're not going to give away the big spoiler at the end. Uh, apparently, she comes face-to-face with the big bad of the issue. And I think that's one of the things that I had the biggest problem with, uh, is that all of a sudden she's confronted with kind of the answer to everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big reveal of who she is and what she is, is revealed in the final page of the issue. And it's like, okay, where do we go from here?
2: Well, and that's, and that's one of the things that struck me, too. And, and I had this same feeling watching the Bionic Woman when it first launched. It seems like new Which is sci-fi. Which now got canceled. Yeah, well, it seems like new sci-fi, and, and this has been the norm for the industry for a long time, everything comes out. Um, the first episode of Bionic Woman was like, bam, everything happened. Right. There was no suspense. There was no time for any real person to have dealt with any of that kind of stuff. This, the same way, bam, 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 things are happening. The, the character has no time to reflect or anything like that. So it's just, it's really compressed and really is pushed on. It just seems like a real artificial pace. And But my favorite is that when she gets her power, apparently she turns into the lead singer of Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at that and I'm like, that is just, that's exactly what that woman looks like. You're right. It, it, You're it, right. It, it's I'm amazing. looking at the page right now. I just passed the page. All, all, but all I could think of was Barracuda. Well, and I thought the street scenes too look like Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, it, lots of bright bit. colors. People are wearing really high collared mm-hmm. outfits and stuff. And so there was just a lot of lot of weird stuff going on. And I do like your reference to her cheating boyfriend, who she, what she doesn't know about. So she walks in on him at this bar, but he must have seen her coming because he had a speech already for her. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the just, fact
0: was that he, he, just a few panels before, and this is the jumpiness of, of, the, of the story and the pacing, just a few panels before she's in her apartment and the landlord is like, uh, Jazzercise, we, I, I need to explain <laughs> something to you. Your boyfriend's not any good. Yeah. And so they're standing in the hallway of the apartment. And the next thing, they're in this club. And there's no indication it, of, you know, come with You know, you know with what me, I thought?
1: Do. I thought this was what the lobby <laughs> of her apartment looked like. Seriously. All the neon
0: lights and, and and big stars hanging around. Yeah, well, um, she, she
2: just the the character at all does not seem at all impacted about the weirdness that's going on. There, there is no. I mean, there's this allusion to the fact that I've seen this since I was a kid. Right, but then she says it's taken on a new form. It's more solid now. But there's, you know. There is absolutely no awe. There's absolutely no disbelief of right. what's going on. Um, it's I, just it's you know, on the bizarre. first
0: couple pages I was really liking that. It's like, oh look how here are these little drawings and I liked how in her mind she's interpreting these visions. Yeah. yeah. But you know, even when she first goes to the doctor, she's seeing these visions as these little angel cherubs things and it's not until the doctor gives her this angel figurine or whatever it was that all of a sudden everything turns demonic and i don't know if that's the switch that does it
1: yeah, or if it's the equipment that the does equipment it that's doing it, it just seems like very yeah. very
0: confused so and we don't want to give away the issue um but you're right brian there are a couple of good ads in this first issue that uh, people might want to check out dan dare really yeah. got me interested this mega's uh uh preview comic uh, it's kind of like a take on what would, what if kind of storyline. Yeah. I thought looked pretty good, but
2: well, I think, and I think, I think it's all, I think it's marketing. I mean, Jenna Jameson could put her name on something; she's going to get paid for it. Virgin's going to get paid for it, and I really feel, and I haven't read Witchblade, but I hear, you know, this is from the right, creator right. of Witchblade, which I know people do like and i read this and i'm like i it seems like maybe somebody said look the character's got to be like this and it's got to say this and it's got to have this attitude and it just seems like a series of bullet points nothing right. seems connected right and and i think the the writer wrote it she's going to get paid this is going to be canceled in 3 issues and you think well i don't know i don't know the average comic reader i would not pick the i i would be so mad if i paid for this Okay, I, I just it it didn't
1: make any sense. Well, and the, there's there's stuff that's pet projects that, but I, this this comic book I don't see it lasting. It might get revived later and then cancel again, then revived later, like Dark Child, right? For right. example, yeah, which yeah. Is another, that's another
0: good example. This is a, yeah, a lot of like that It's like Dark Child. Too. I mm-hmm. have
1: um I picked up this book for the art called Wraithborn. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same thing. Mm. You know, cute girl. All of a sudden, finds herself surrounded by scary demons. Yeah. Manifests this blade like power. power yeah. Has this transformation and becomes a total badass who does not wear any pants
0: <laughs> or underwear. Apparently, right. in some shots. So, uh, so let's give some uh, reviews. Uh, shall we give a five star rating on this, uh, Rodrigo?
1: No, I would say no. It would uh, <laughs> really it it gets a one star rating for me. I just. I, I would not. The only reason, the only way I would have paid for this is if I had accidentally puked onto it, <laughs> and then I would have felt obligated to pay for it at the comic book store. And that's just the story. The art is good, so maybe one and a half for the art. Okay, yeah. Brian.
2: But and we, you know, my thing is how good or how bad does the art have to be? I think. Um, I think the art really helps a story, but i 've seen very simplistic art i think I'm, I think it 's all story everything you know the the comic books build around story. My only thing here is is people have loaned me books and i 've read stuff I already know what 's at the top of my list. Now you have given me something that represents the bottom of the list and and I think that 's what this is I do agree i mean it it 's well drawn, but it was maddening to me. What was going on? Yeah, and and they they chopped down trees to make this thing. That's the other thing. (laughs) How many stars? Oh, none. None.
0: Okay, I'm going to be a little nicer. I actually gave it two two and a half stars. Again, the saving grace is the art. But now that I find out that the the doctor is actually a female, (laughs) then you know maybe I have to knock that down to two stars instead of two and a half. You can give it a half star for Grand
2: Mall Soul Split. (laughs) Which which will be a band coming to a city Hello, near you? Hello, St.
1: Louis. We're so <laughs> split. Are you ready to rock fronted, and roll? Fronted by the uh, former lead singer of Heart.
0: <laughs> Come on home, boys. <laughs> All right. So uh, unfortunately, Virgin, we kind of I kind of like what you're doing with some of your other titles, but I think Jenna Jameson, Shadow Hunter, from this panel of people, is an avoid. Yep. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, what's next on the list, Brian? This week.
2: I don't know. <laughs> it's on the list. I've run out. Oh, okay. Uh, Are we going to do the topic? Yeah, or? let's do the question of the week. Oh, real okay. Clear. Well, then we're jumping down to who would win in a fight. Uh, and this, you can we can go on and on and on about different things. But here's here's your here's your people. Spider Man in this corner. Batman in the darker corner. You can see his eyes glowing. So who is going to
1: win in this battle, Rodrigo? Um. Well, I. I would give it to Batman because coming from the DC universe and having to contend with gods all the time, yeah. Batman has been elevated to basically the smartest creature in the universe. There's nothing that there's no one that is smarter than Batman, so he can find a way around super strength, web shooters and super agility and a, even a spider sense. He can he he'll figure out a way to use Spider-Man's spider sense against them. That's my That's my end there. All Uh, right, Stephen.
0: I'm also going to go with uh, Batman. I think that uh, he's got the agility and the quickness and the gadgets uh, that could beat anything that uh, Peter Parker could throw at him or or web-sling at him. I think the fight would be over before they left their corners. And I know that a lot of people aren't going to be happy with that, but that's just how I see it.
2: Uh, I'll make it three for three. I think that, if anything, the way Batman is written is that his intellect wins out over everything else. So I think Spider-Man, you know, obviously has the physical attributes, but I think Batman is your winner. I think if we put the
0: Bat-dickness meter into effect, uh, Batman would turn it up to nine, <laughs> and he'd get really tired of uh, the smart wisecracks that oh, yeah. uh, Peter Parker would be throwing out, and just take him down with a punch.
2: Yep. Which And you can also see the two interact on uh, Majorspoilers.com if you see some just some random guys. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those videos. are great. Those, Those are, are hilarious. Yep. Nicely done.
0: Cool, and we want to find out uh, what you guys think about who would win in a fight between
2: Spider-Man and Batman. So go, and we've got a poll question up on the website, right, Stephen? That
0: is right, or it will be up before the, uh, this uh, episode hits the, the podcast waves. Uh, then talk it out in the major spoilers forum. All right. Our trade paperback uh, this week is actually a little hardbound collection uh, from Brian K. Vaughn called The Escapists. Uh, Essentially on his father's deathbed, teenager Maxwell Roth discovers that his father has had the largest collection of escapist memorabilia in the world hidden down in the basement all these years. Uh, He ends up spending weeks and years going through the collection. Maxwell develops a, a real love, I think, for the escapist and also a really better understanding of who his father was. And so he essentially becomes obsessed with this character as his dad. And then when his mother mother passes away, uh, Maxwell takes uh, all the inheritance money that he's purchased and and actually purchases the rights uh, to the escapist. And along with a couple of his friends that he meets or that we meet along the way, uh, they try to revive the escapist into a uh, hero for the modern age. Uh, Let's see. Where should we begin uh, this week, Rodrigo? We had great kickoff with uh, Jenna Jameson.
2: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Why don't we uh,
0: talk about the
1: escapists? And this is with an S. Yes. Yeah, um, and that's that's because I, I imagine, um, you know, there's the escape is the character that uh, these three other, the, the three characters that are writing him and uh, illustrating him are trying to revive, um, and they're also sort of trying to escape from their own, sort of the Anui of their own lives, or their own sadness, really, you know, the main character is that is dead and all right, that stuff. Right, right. Um, I, you know, I read all the way through it, and I liked it, Um it's not necessarily something that I would even buy, but, you know, I thought about it as, like, you know, if this was a movie and a friend had played it for me, I would have been like, oh, awesome. If, you know, a year later he's like, hey, do you want to watch The Escapist again? I'd be like, yeah, sure, sweet. Mm-hmm. And I, I I, think I've realized that this is a comic book romantic comedy. It is. It's, you know, it's about Max and his love interest and The Escapist gets and uh, Denny. Right. They, they all kind of sort of get tangled in this uh, battle with the... Um, Big corporation with the big corporation yeah. that's trying to take the the property of the escapist away from them. Meanwhile, you're sort of seeing what they're doing reflected on the escapist. Um, but I mean, it's a it's a cute, funny, romantic comedy, and it has a little bit of weight to it. And it has you know superheroes and two different drawing styles. It's yeah. it's very complex, very cool, um, funny, romantic. I liked it. I, th- I think you kind of sum up some of my thoughts uh, right there. But what I find interesting is.
0: The escapist, the character, was created in a book called The uh, Amazing Adventures of Cavalier in in Clay, which in itself was a work of fiction about these uh, two Jewish kids growing up and going through the trials and tribulation and creating this escapist character. And so this all happened in the 1930s. He was a golden age hero. Mm -hmm. And then we jumped to – oh, I forget what year it was, 2002, somewhere around there. Dark Horse said, hey – Let's pretend that this was a character from the Golden Age and let's print a bunch of adventures and, and pretend that they're real. And uh, then Brian K. Vaughn takes it a step further and says, OK, if we're playing in this real universe that's somewhat make-believe, right. what would happen if this property had fall into the wayside and somebody wanted to come up and buy the copyright uh, and the trademark of this character and start doing things. And I think that's, to me, is kind of the fascinating part. And to tell you the truth, I've got the book, uh, The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. I've never read it. I think I've read maybe the first chapter and then life got in the way and it got set aside. Mm -hmm. I didn't even get to, you know, what they did with it. And I think that if someone read this book, you don't necessarily have to know anything about that
1: backstory. I I didn't. No. I had no idea. No.
0: And I and I think that's really cool. And then, you know, you really see, as you said, the title is kind of has that dual nature where not only is the escapist this character that they're trying to revive and trying to rescue, escape, if you will, from this bigger company. Um, but they're also escaping themselves from, you know, Maxwell in order to make ends meet. He becomes a locksmith. And Denny Colt, who is the letterer of the comic, uh, he works at his dad's sign factory, and he really doesn't like that or his sign company. And uh, the girl, um, let's see. What is, yeah, Case Weaver? Yeah, and I, I forget what she does. She does some graphic design art. Yeah. But this is something totally new and totally different for her. And so they're all escaping, and, and you're right. It is a love story. That's what it really is.
2: Yeah. Well, and to what what kind of thing do you call this in the industry? I mean, if it's not purely based on superheroes and their exploits, is, is
1: there any kind of a genre? a genre? Yeah. For this, I think I think comic books as like really a very young medium mm-hmm. as a medium, because you know they had comic strips and the right, old right, days right. and everything. They're still sort of working to. Uh, get yeah, get your genre straight. I mean, you basically have superhero and non superhero, and this book just falls between the cracks of the two. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I I, I just this couldn't have been farther, further from Jenna Jameson In my opinion, I just really like this. Although, admit it, Brian, you'd like to get up next to Jenna Jameson. I'm not saying she's an unattractive woman. I'm just (laughs) saying that that book was... And this book has (laughs) nothing to do with Jenna Jameson to begin with. No, that's all right. But um, I'm with you guys on this. Uh, The juxtaposition, big word, between the art uh, of the stories and the comics... Is really good, um, you know how the style is for basically yeah. the story. And there and were then, a lot
0: of art. There were a lot of people working on the art in this. Yeah. In these, it was like a six-issue miniseries. Well,
2: and and one thing that I wrote um, down was that the art reminded me of the early '80s when Frank Miller was doing Daredevil. And yeah. I started flipping through, trying to see if I could find if the artists were the same. But it's got that darkness, uh, especially when the ninjas with the sewn mouths mm-hmm. come out mm-hmm. in this. In this, uh, they attack the um, the lead character. In, in the comic, um, they have they do evoke, for me, that kind of style of, of back when that was. But uh, what I like, a lot of it, is the breaking of the fourth wall. Uh, yeah. The characters turn and, and talk, or actually Maxwell, who's the lead character, turns and talks. Uh, a lot, Some of the story is actually delivered from the escapist, who's the comic book, and the pages of the comic book, but it's actually uh, Maxwell talking to the... To the, the reader, reader the, yeah, and I just thought it was really smart. I thought it had a lot of heart. Uh, I thought it was a really good story, and I would like to read escapist comic books based on what they were doing with yeah. the character. I thought I thought that kind of stuff would be interesting.
1: It's sort of like the escapist as written by this fake yeah, character, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, because yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. because the stuff they came up with was interesting. Everything held my attention, and um, just. I mean, they they never went for a big or easy shock. But uh, what happens to Denny uh, yeah. when he gets arrested? I mean, yeah. uh, it it takes some turns that you don't expect, and um, it just I, I thought it comes off as a really well thought out, planned out, and paced everything that the other book wasn't that we've talked about today. This was well written, well paced, well thought out, had some heart, had something to say, well, and
0: had some actual love. I think of yeah. of the story that was going on. I mean, from Brian Kay's. K. Vaughn's standpoint, you know, he's really investing into this story, and you can tell he's spending the time to tell a story that's really good. And you know, here we're talking, I think it's kind of an interesting look, not only from here are these people escaping, but um you know, a kind of a look at how the industry kind of works. Yeah. Here's yeah. this property that you know a company, whoever it may be, have has been holding on to it for years, and then suddenly suddenly someone comes in and buys it for a song, and then as an indie publisher Trying to make a break and, and try to do something. And so uh, the idea is uh, Maxwell's dad had one of the original uh, escapist costumes down in the basement from like maybe one of the serials from mm-hmm. the early silent or the early talky black and white films. And, uh, you know, the talkies back then <laughs> when things were brand new and sparkly. Um, but, you know, then this idea was, well, let's do this little publicity stunt and try to rescue these people that are essentially at a Walmart uh, locked in overnight, forced mm-hmm. to work, and so we'll free the the these slaves and It ends up happening as Denny walks in on this uh this hold up and he gets shot at and then of course everybody gets arrested and it the publicity stunt, which is supposed to be something good, actually turns into something bad. it does generate some interest in the character, but in the bad bad side or the bad thing about it is it also generates interest in buying the property back from. The big corporation, who eventually, unfortunately, as big corporations work, just turn the screw and stick it to the little guy, yeah, and essentially steal the property back for very little money.
2: Yeah, well, and and the thing that that I liked about this is there's not um, really the happy ending. I mean, well, I mean it, they they I mean in a sense there is, and and there's there's a great ending. I mean, I think the ending is really great. I almost had started hoping that it was going to end with case moved away and, yeah. and they lost the book i just thought that that was going to be bam this is you know this is life and that yeah. would be the end of it it goes on a little bit and i was worried that it would kind of sour yeah Me- it's kind of yeah. meander but but yeah. in the end i think the epilogue, it, it, yeah. yeah it really does do a good job at the end of bringing everything back together again too so i i just enjoyed this whole book and i like all the art i thought the story was great
0: Uh, The art, I think, was wonderful, especially when you jump between the art of Maxwell's world to the art of the comic that they're creating to even going back and saying, "Okay, here's an adventure from the 1950s that we've recreated in that style. And then at the end when the company – buys the escapist back and then they turn it all into a dream sequence, how that's even a
1: different art yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah, and it just, say. oh, it's so wonderful and thought out. I mean... Well, and the, the thing for me about the art, and do keep in mind that I went to film school so I'm just kind of like decomposing things like this. Right, right. The art within the book is way more realistic than the art in the real life Of the book, yes, like the 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 characters that they're drawing, like the characters in the book are drawing, are a lot more sort of Mm photorealistic, which is sort of like to them the reality is the escapist, and they're sort of like trapped in this dream world outside Mm -hmm. that is a lot less clear cut. They have a lot less control over it. You kind of can't tell what's going on, and in the end, it kind of ends up it's the real world that kind of gets away from them, yeah, and by extension, the comic book is taken from them. Ah, good point there, Mr. Movie Man. Mm-hmm. So let me ask
0: a question then. Uh, if this were turned into a movie, or would you like to see this turned into a movie?
2: No, I don't think so, because I think uh, the whole point Rodrigo was making, which was one of the parts that I loved about it, was the jump from uh, this to that. And I just don't think you would carry it off in a movie. I think it would be difficult to do, and I think it would lose its impact. And I think, as we've seen in the past, when you translate something from print and some of the nice nuances of print and and the things that they're trying to do, and you take it into the movie realm, you have to shorten things up, you have to tighten things up, you have to make things simple for people to follow who who haven't got any background to this thing, and I think it would fall apart. I just don't see it as a viable movie. I think it's a great
1: comic book, but I don't see it any other way. I think the only way that you could do it, excuse me, is if you could, um, you'd have to take the story and take away the comic book part and turn it into a film like we're reviving the old escapist film serials Mm. and Mm. then it would be you'd have to make it a movie about film like you'd have to take away the comic book aspect of it and make it an introspective film about film go into the film industry and stuff like that you could take that would be a good idea you could take the themes of the escapist and apply it to a movie it would be hard to do the escapist as it is as a comic book into a movie and I'm sure Hollywood
0: right now is just stolen your idea and <laughs> typing away. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I look at this as kind of like take a really good slacker film. Uh, what was that one with the Lego? Uh, Copeland wrote it. Remember back when we were in the early '90s? Um, oh, I forget what the name of it is, but it was talking about the small software company. You're the oh, one that mi- passed it. Micro, yeah, Microsurfs. Yeah, that was. That's kind of how I see this book. Uh, this comic book is kind of like microsurfs, and I would really, if it were translated into film, it would be kind of a slackerish type um, movie, but actually a good slacker movie, not like mm-hmm. High Times or right. what's that awful one with Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson in it, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Employee of the Month. How do you know that? I watch a lot of TV. Oh, good Lord!
0: I actually saw the movie too, so. <laughs> <laughs> only because it had Jessica Simpson in it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think it could be done. I think it could be a very good film if it were a very small personal film. Um, but once you start to get the big industry in it and you start getting stars thrown in there left and right in a lot of these uh, character positions, I think that's where it would fall apart. So oh, yeah. If
1: you started getting a lot of stars and they were like, oh, well, we need to make the lawyer's part bigger because she's played by right. – you know Nicole Kidman, and then yeah. it's like, oh, well, there goes the story. Yeah, exactly.
0: So maybe not a good movie, but certainly a very good read. Um, this actually is a very cheap buy, under ten bucks. You can go to Amazon.com and find this for under ten bucks, and that's I think cool. it's it's. I think everybody should pick it up. Or what I wanted to say last week, Brian, is as we are we done with the Escapist? Any other thoughts on the Escapist? No, I think that's okay. Think we're good. Uh, one of the things you had mentioned last week is going to your local library. And looking for a lot of these. And if you don't find the books that are on the shelf, ask the librarian to order them. Yeah, yeah. request them. I've been told time and time again that librarians are, are looking for books to put on the shelves and looking for new purchases. Yep. And so if you go in with a list of, hey, here are some good books that I think you should get on the shelf, you'll want to get trade paperbacks. You'll want to get collected issues. Um people will, will read them, and I think the librarians are interested in that because it's whatever will bring people into the library.
2: Yeah, and, and I know the library in my town is the same way. Um, you can send in a request, um, and more times than not, they're going to go ahead and buy that because they know somebody is going to come and pick that book up off the shelf where they've got shelves of books that nobody touches anymore. So it's better to rotate those off, put something on that brings people in. and And that's a good active libraries is a good place and um actually i think uh, the adventures of cavalier and clay popped up when i did a search at the library for you know different things and right. topics and so this this book has made me interested in reading that yeah absolutely. and now and brian k vaughn did he have anything to do with he didn't run away. Okay, yeah. that's what yeah. I thought. Right. And we're not trying to create a
0: uh, wow. a theme here. This that is every Brian K. Vaughn fan club. <laughs> <But> I love <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn. We but like you so we much. We love
2: anything with Brian K. If mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Except he's misspelling his first name, but that's okay. All right. Uh, so here's my charge to you, Brian. Go
0: to your library, okay, and ask them to put the Escapists on the shelf. Okay. All right.
2: Cool. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, a lot of times there's stuff there, and you know. Ju- you know, judging a book by its cover, there's a lot of stuff that's sitting there, and, and you guys look at art and say, ooh, I want to read that because of the art sometimes I look at the art and think, ugh that's ugly, I'm not going to read it, and it turns out that you're missing a good story there's a lot of art um, and it's uh, I think it's the new the new way they're doing Spider-Man, it's Ultimates right? Ultimates, yeah, Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man I just don't care for that look and it just colors the way I think of the book it might well, be great stories, I just don't care for that style for some
1: reason i think a lot of people love the like sort of the iconography of for example watchmen Mm -hmm. but you know growing up i kept seeing the trade paperback for watchmen opened it up and i didn't like the way it was colored and the way it was drawn so i never picked it up until finally a friend beat me over the head and said you got to read watchmen Yeah. yeah
0: and i think sometimes if you give it a chance even if it has bad art or what you perceive as bad art I think if you give it a chance, you can, it kind of grows on you. And I certainly yeah. find that was the same way with Watchmen. I found it with The Escapists, uh, for an ex, you know to a lesser extent maybe with with Jenna Jameson's Shadowhunter. I don't um, want
1: anything from that book to grow on
2: <laughs> me. <laughs> well, and I think one thing you could do, and I've always thought this: people who are in the know, and and you know, listeners can do this. Certainly, go to the forums. Start helping to build a list of yeah. the essentials. You know, you if if you want to know what's going on, you should at least have read Watchmen, things like that. Um, you know, I, and, and just to help people like me, like, like I said, I've only read certain things. I've read things people have handed off to me. But you could t- start talking about those kind of things. All right, great.
0: Well,
1: I think that about wraps it up for this episode. I think so. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, don't forget to tell your friends about the show and be sure to visit our website at Majorspoilers.com. Feel free to drop us an email at podcast at Majorspoilers, a one word, dot com. And be sure to get involved in the Major Spoilers Forum. You can find a link on the front page of the Major Spoiler site. Next week, we'll be reviewing a couple titles from Boom Studios. Boom, boom. Bye. Bye-bye. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care
2: if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel. I'm gonna... shield, I just couldn't care less if they bring back Craven, and I don't care if Spider-Man's a clone. Stop spending.